if you don't have a set number to say, this is the line, I'm stopping it. I'm stopping it at 400. If you don't have that number, it's going to be really hard to change anything because you can't evaluate it. You are listening to Off the Struggle Bus, a podcast where we talk to millennials in public service and experts in personal finance. I'm your host, MJ. With over 10 years in local government, nonprofits, and national campaigns, I'm here to make you feel less alone in getting your money right. Hi, people. Quick reminder to get out and vote. Since my day job relies a lot on what will happen over the next week, this is actually going to be my last guest episode for a bit. Thank you to my first six guests. They've helped me think through how I can approach a podcast. And after a month and a half of doing these, I now get a chance to re-envision how I want these to go. To the 75 people who've been listening to the podcast so far, I really appreciate your support. More to come in the next phase. So, this week we get to speak with James Huntley, better known as Coach James on Instagram. He also has a podcast with his partner called Message24. We touch on how he found his way into personal finance, some ideas for saving money on food, and remembering to factor the cost of your time into financial decisions. Let's start with James sharing his background. I decided to go into civil engineering, which all civil engineering is paying attention to detail with roads, concrete, streets, anything you're doing that you're probably not paying any attention to. That's what I help design and help construct so that people are safe. Math is involved in a lot of that, but also I like the personal connection with people. I like to be face-to-face with people, and you really don't get that in the civil engineering realm. It's more behind a screen. In college, I was able to get through school debt-free. One of the things that I noticed was you had to be able to be a broke college student, but still be able to have the lifestyle that you wanted. I was able to do that through budgeting. About a year or two after I graduated, I was like, if I'm able to do those things, why not help someone else with that? Started out with one person, just working with them one-on-one with budgeting, finding subscriptions here and there, and picking up on some of their spending habits where I said, hey, maybe I can work with another person. And it just kind of trickled on down. That's how I got into the whole personal finance space. I really enjoy helping people to grow, make themselves better. And in this manner is happening financially. And I think that's big for a lot of people. I love your money motivation content and your tips you share on Instagram. So everybody should go check it out. Well, I I appreciate it. What else? The podcast, the Message 24 podcast. So that is a podcast with my girlfriend. Her name is Lakaya. And we've been dating now for two years. And she's really good with public speaking and being very relatable to people. And I'm a content creator. And she's relatable, so it really works. Really uh, a fun podcast, talks about growth. (laughs) I think we are on episode 30, just came out yesterday. So we drop every Wednesday. 
Uh, it's been good. It's been good. Yeah, I like the premise that you, you both are documenting your relationship and talking about it because you didn't see any folks in their 20s. Relationships and money go hand in hand, right? Mm-hmm. The reason I thought you would be a wonderful guest for this topic on the podcast is, you know, just thinking about approaching personal finance with your partner. Right. right. Because you all have been together for two years. A little context mm-hmm. on me. I actually got married when I was 24. Right? Wow. And I ended up getting divorced in my early 30s. I'm married again. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been with my partner a little over three years. And my husband now. But... Mm-hmm. I remember in my 20s when I first got married, my ex-husband was older, right? I actually didn't have to worry so much about finances, and I actually didn't know how amazing I had it. Like, it was great to be able to pay down my college debt. Mm. Unlike you, I had a ton of college debt, (laughs) public college in New York. By the time we decided to separate, I actually wasn't in debt. I had like 25K in the bank, right? Nice. I realize now as I've been going on this personal finance kick, right, of of really Mm -hmm. trying to fix it and budget and do the right thing, that in my 20s, I had no guidance to actually make the most of that 25K because that 25K was just sitting in my bank account, right? Right. And can you imagine how amazing, (laughs) how much more set I would be if I knew to invest when I was younger? Like, yes, I had a Roth IRA, from Mm -hmm. when I was making barely any money in city government. (laughs) I look back at that point and I'm like, wow, it is possible to dig myself out of debt. But at Mm -hmm. that point when, because it was so settled, I didn't have to think about money. We were very stable. And sometimes that stability causes you to miss out on opportunity because you think I would love to hear your perspective and how you're approaching finances with a partner. For sure. It was important for us to talk about our desires. Mm. So when it comes to relationships, we want so much, right? We want to take trips on vacations together. You want to go on nice dates. We wanted to have different family outings where we're together or doing these different things. One of the most important things is just communicating what we wanted initially. And so that just helps everyone be on the same page. It can kind of be tough if one person is making a certain income and another person is making a totally different income. There has to be some balance and some compromise with the things that you do. One of those things was trying to mix up our dates That was huge for us. We didn't always do an expensive dinner. Some months we go to a nice restaurant or a fancy restaurant, but we also found hole in the wall spots to eat at that were really good. About a month or two ago, we did a cook-off with our family. So that was fairly inexpensive, but we were able to involve our whole family. We were able to not only do that, but have some competition, right? Mm -hmm. And to have some good food. Finding different things that you can do that aren't so pricey or don't make you break the bank pretty much to enjoy each other. That was key for both of us. As we spend, we also build together. That's important for both of us. So if we're going shopping, we're also taking time to figure out 
what are some ways that we can do some things to increase our income, to balance those things out. I love the fact that you are thinking of the different ways that you can enjoy each other and create experiences without having to actually spend this extra money. TikTok is a (laughs) a great search engine. If you want to find some fun dates, free dates, search in your local area. promise you someone has created a video on something that you can do for uh, fairly inexpensive or just date inside date ideas too. Like everyone's not going out to these nice fancy restaurants, especially after COVID and things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes me think so much of like, oh man, you know, those days when we're so tired and, you know, we just end up ordering out because that's like the easiest thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I always find myself trying to do that calculation of like, if I bought all these ingredients at the supermarket, plus the time that it would take for me to cook. Because again, I'm managing a whole household, right? Right. Yeah. Any tips on overcoming overspending when it comes to food? My first question to anyone who is struggling with overspending with food is what is the amount of money that you have decided that is too much to spend on food. Okay. And I find that most people actually don't have a number in their head <laughs> as to how much they want to spend on food. Let's just say you have a limit of $400 per month. If you go over that number, then you can begin taking steps to, okay, I noticed I spent more money when on Wednesdays when my schedule was just very hectic or you can start noticing some of the behaviors that you have as you're spending. But if you don't have a set number to say, this is the line, I'm stopping it. I'm stopping it at 400. If you don't have that number, it's going to be really hard to change anything because you can't evaluate it. Like you don't know what's too much, right? What's too little. The first thing is just knowing knowing your numbers, knowing what's too much. And then secondly is planning, planning your schedules. If your schedules are too hectic, determine that number that you don't want to go over as far as the meal for that night. I love Five Guys. Five Guys can have all of my money. So I love their fries and burgers. Those two can have all my money. So what I do is I, I know that I'm going to go to those at least once or twice a month. So I got to have I got to have some money to set aside, right? I know that I shouldn't probably be going over 16 to 20 dollars on a five guys meal, vice versa for Wingstop. So if I'm doing that every week, that means I need to have 40 dollars just set aside for that, right? And I just maybe I can say that's my limit. The problem is sometimes if you go over that or things change or you go twice instead of once like just that self-discipline that's when that kicks in being a little bit more disciplined trying to plan being aware of those spending habits and you'll be surprised the more you take notice of some of these things the more you'll be like "Eh, i can i can cook or i can i can plan this out or i have this in my budget so i shouldn't even be tripping about going this is in my lifestyle spending plan. As you're saying that, I'm like, okay, so I'm not too far behind because I know mm-hmm. around 30 bucks a meal for the three of us because we you, we like to share and the kid's right. not going to eat that much because he's a toddler, right? right? 
I've come to find in tracking generally like 30 bucks per per meal if we're going to eat out to Mm -hmm. lunch or dinner and then like 50 bucks per grocery run is sort of the general budget. Like, you know, when you're a kid and your parents are like, oh, there's food at home. Like, it's real, but now it's... You don't want to hear that. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, actually, no, it's like, we have food at home. No, thanks. You know? (laughs) We we find ourselves being okay with it now because then we're like, we bought all those groceries. We have to, like, actually (laughs) use them. If you have brought awareness to your spending, you've brought awareness to going grocery shopping, Go a little bit more in detail. Did you map out your meals? Because I know for me, I used to go in the grocery store and however I was feeling that particular day, like if they had, uh, and I'm a big Little Debbie fan too. So if they had, (laughs) yeah, that can be bad. So if they had donut sticks and honey buns, like on the aisle, I'm grabbing them. I'm putting them in my cart. Do I want that for the week? Eh, I don't, I mean, that's not how I typically eat, but if I'm feeling a certain type of way that day and I haven't written out a list or determined what meals I want for that, that week, I mean, I'm just going to go in there and put anything in my cart. So again, planning, coming up with some of those meals and it's been brought to my attention that, and I was thrown all the way off guard is that sometimes eating out is actually cheaper than mm-hmm. going grocery shopping. So you want to compare, if you have enough time to compare those and really figure out what's most efficient and what works for you, that's an option because I push groceries, 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 but <laughs> I've I've had a rude awakening. Like that, that, <laughs> that thought process could be wrong. So just yeah. being aware of those things and figuring out what works best for you. Yeah, of course, it's a personal preference, but it's Mm. one of those things where I'm like, should we run to the Asian supermarket and get the prepackaged foods? Because a lot of the times it is much cheaper and we don't have to spend the time at home, right? Because I'm also factoring in time as valuable. Mm -hmm. So the actual time to cook something like, is it worth the extra dollar that we're going to pay for this meal if I do the math, right? As I've become more aware of my spending, right, the $30 or the $50 for shopping, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. But the cook time, <laughs> like, do do we get to eat this now? Right, <laughs> right. Wait an hour for this soup. Yeah, that's a financially mature mindset because once you start thinking about, you know, the value of your time, that's when you know that you're really leveling up in your your finances, right? Because some people, they feel like they their time is worth $100 per hour. Some people feel like it's $500 per hour. So you just don't have time to sit around and do it uh, DIY everything and be tough. I really am starting to value my time as well. So cooking sometimes isn't the best use of that time, right? You could be focusing on more productive activities or spending time actually with your family and building those relationships that are important. So it goes either way. Yeah, You have to definitely look at that time factor too. Yeah. Maybe this episode isn't about cutting food costs, but maybe it is no. like also managing like what it is you're willing to give up. Mm-hmm. Is it time? Is it money? Having the awareness of where your money and time are going when it comes to mm-hmm. food also matters. Right. I think, 
I'm su- hypersensitive to time because mm-hmm. I have an impatient toddler. <laughs> so gotcha. I've come to realize over the past two years, it is hard to DIY. I love cooking. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love cooking. It's just the time it takes to cut up all the vegetables and actually do the thing and wait for it to actually cook. Right. Sometimes two hours go by and everybody's angry and hungry. <laughs> And don't let the food come out wrong. It's good perspective to also acknowledge that it to each their own and mm-hmm. folks will have their different preferences, but it's important to think about all these different aspects. It's not it's not to say cut every food cost and right. be super frugal. Right. Like what works for your setup at this point in your life? Right. That you can only cut costs to so many things. There comes a point where <laughs> the money that you make has to end up going up because living frugal and living without yes. anything or with cutting everything that that can be unhealthy so definitely want to shy away from that okay so i'm thinking of three things after talking with james one what's my lifestyle spending plan Aside from my $30 budget for family meals, I need to think about what else I can adjust as I've been tracking my spending. Two, how do I increase my income? I've had ideas sitting on the back burner for months, but now as this year is ending, I want to put some plans into action. Three, consider time as money. What's the trade-off I am willing to make when it comes to saving time or saving money? What you all can do is check out James on Instagram. He's at underscore underscore Coach James. Book him for a budget consultation or join his upcoming workshops. I believe he also has merch dropping this week, so be sure to check that out. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this conversation, feel free to share it with a friend. Also, follow me at MJ underscore OTSB on Instagram, and you can follow James at underscore underscore Coach James. As always, you are not alone in figuring out your personal finance. I'm MJ, and we're getting off the struggle bus together. Until next time.